Hi, I'm Mike, lead pastor at The Ridge, and this is our weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our desire is for you to grow in relationship with God, connect with others, and to experience God's purpose for life by adding value to the life of another. I hope that this message will build your faith and encourage you as we seek to grow together in God's Word. Enjoy today's message. The origin of Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. Have you heard this? You know this story? If so, then you're probably familiar with what happens next. An angel shows up and declares this, verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And then the shepherds, they leave the fields and go and look for him. Well, spoiler alert, The baby, that's Jesus. And those shepherds, they did find him. I'm going to guess that most of you already know that. But do you know this? How did they find him? I mean, think about that. There were other stables and there were other houses and there were other options. How did they know which one had the baby? How did they know which one had Mary and Joseph and Jesus? Because the way I read it, the angel's announcement did not include nativity GPS coordinates. Not in here. How did the shepherds know where to find him? How did they know where to find Jesus? And that's our question on this Christmas Eve. How do we, how do we find him? Let's get at this this way. You guys up for a game? Let's try it, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three words, and then I'll, I'll give you the option to try and figure out what do these three words all have in common. Got it? All right, here we go. First one is this, white, red stripes, yummy. What do those three have in common? Can, candy cane. You got it. Very good. Okay, let's try another one. Over the river and through the woods, Nora Griswold, and she got run over by a reindeer. What do all three have in common? Yes, Grandma. Good. Two for two. One more. It's this one. Golden rings, ladies dancing, drummers drumming. What do these three have in common? Twelve days of Christmas. You guys nailed it. Well done. When these shepherds left their fields to go and look for Jesus, how did they know where to find him? How did they know he was the one? It's in here. We just need to look closely. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. See, the shepherds, they weren't given a star. Maybe you're familiar with that story. That's the Magi, not the shepherds. 
How did the shepherds know where to find Jesus? Well, this passage tells us, the Christmas story tells us the shepherds, they got three signs. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at each one of these three signs of Christmas given to the shepherds individually. And then we're going to look at them all together because they all have something in common. Something that will lead us to the very heart and the very center of Christmas. Well, here's the first sign that was given to the shepherds so that they could find Jesus. Luke 2, verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. A baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. What's that? Well, that's not this. This is naked baby. (laughs) This baby is going to get really cold. So what, what they would do is they'd take baby and do something like this. Baby would get wrapped up. And I have to admit that this is probably my worst swaddling job yet. <laughs> I got three kids. I still don't know how to swaddle, but I hope you get the basic idea. They wrapped him up. They swaddled this baby and say, well, why would they do that? Well, let's look at this story of Christmas a little closer. It says, and this will be a sign for you. Verse 12, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Well, why would they do that? Why, why do they wrap him up? Well, swaddling, it, it's very, it's soothing. It replicates the feelings of, uh, for the baby of being in the womb. And it also protects the baby from flailing and from hurting itself. As far as we know, every baby that was born in first century Israel was swaddled. This was standard practice. And the Bible takes that and tells us that's a sign. So on this Christmas Eve, here's what we should be asking as we read this story of Christmas. Well, a sign of what? Swaddling. The sign of this, all babies were swaddled. The swaddling is a sign of humanity. It's God showing us about Christmas, that Christmas is the extraordinary God becoming an ordinary baby. We sang these words just a little while ago. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Right? Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. That's the swaddling claws. The swaddling claws, that means God, not out there. God, not far away. God, not in the future, but God with us here now. It means God knows and he cares. Maybe you're here or tuned in because it's Christmas and giving an hour of your life to pacify a family member is a pretty good investment. It's not a bad investment, but but you're thinking, you know, when it comes to God, maybe you figure if he does exist, I mean, he's hands off. He's distant. That that belief, that is not the message of Christmas. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling claws. Swaddling claws means God not out there. God not at a distant. God not in the future. But God with us here now. God knows and God cares. 
Or maybe for you, you know, Christmas is romantic and it's joyful for some, but you're thinking, not for me. You know, I can smile and put on a nice face on the outside, but on the inside, man, I got marriage problems and I got money problems and I got health problems and I got parenting problems or I got job problems or I got relational problems or hurt, pain, fear. Maybe somebody that you love isn't here anymore. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. Swaddling cloths. That means God not out there. God not at a distance. God not in the future. God with us. Here. Now. It means God knows. Whatever it is you're dealing with or facing today, God knows. And this God, He also Well, he cares. When the shepherds left their fields, how did they know where to find Jesus? How did they know that he was the one? Well, three signs. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. That's the first. Here's the second. Verse 12 continues. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and... Lying in a manger. Well, a manger. Right at Christmas, we like mangers. And at Christmas, we sing about mangers. But mangers get a little bit over-romanticized. A manger, well, manger's this. A manger is where animals ate. So when you hear manger in the Christmas story or Christmas, here's what you should think. Think cow slobber. Think, you know, soiled hay. Think bugs. A manger wasn't just a second-rate bed. A manger, well, the Bible says that's a sign. And so we should ask a sign of a sign of what? Well, manger is a sign of of God declaring He loves us that much. He loves us enough to leave His throne, to leave His heaven, to leave His power and His rights and His entitlements to be with us. Do you understand how profound that is? There is not another religion on the face of this planet that believes in a God who would go that far. Christmas isn't the story of us going to God. It's the story of God coming to us. We don't go to the throne. He comes to the manger. And this book, the Bible, it's not the story of all the things that we need to do to get God to love us. No, it's the story of what God has done because He already loves us. All the commandments in the Bible, from do this to don't do that, it's God inviting us into the deepest, into the richest life possible. God's not trying to strong arm you. He's not trying to manipulate you into submitting to some kind of rigid list of rules. Rather, hear Him saying, don't go there. 
don't go that way. I know where that leads. That, that leads to hurt and to pain and to brokenness. And I don't want that for you. And hear him saying, well, go here, go this way. This is the way that leads to life and to peace and to joy. When the shepherds left their fields, how did they know where to find Jesus? How did they know that he was the one? Three signs. Verse 12, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. There's one. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. There's two. Here's the third. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In the city of David. In the city of David, we say, well, which city is that? It's Bethlehem. Say, oh yeah, Bethlehem. Well, what do you know about Bethlehem? Well, there's a song about Bethlehem. Right, oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. That song is actually quite accurate. Bethlehem, it was a small, quiet town, kind of in the backwoods. And that, of all places, that is the place where God chose to bring His Son into this world. Why? Well, that location wasn't random. Bible calls that a sign. And so the question we should be asking is, well, a sign of what? What's that a sign of? What's God trying to say to us in that? And to get this third one, we need to dig just a little bit deeper. See, Bethlehem, it was famous for one thing. It's kind of like some cities today. When you think of the, the city of Orlando, what do you think of? Yeah, Disney. Okay, or how about this? Cancun. Beaches. Detroit. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks cars, but I'm going to go with really bad football teams. <laughs> My apologies to all you Lions fans, but it's kind of true. 2,000 years ago... Everybody knew what Bethlehem was famous for. Bethlehem was famous for one thing. Bethlehem was famous for, well, for this. Sheep. This guy cute. I can put a little bow on him for Christmas. Well, if you were in the first century, Bethlehem was the place to go for sheep. And not just any sheep, because Bethlehem was located just a little ways outside of Jerusalem, which meant Bethlehem sheep were temple sheep. What's that mean? 2,000 years ago, everybody would have known what that meant. That meant we've messed up. That meant we've made mistakes. Or to use the language of the Bible, that meant we've sinned. God, well, He's good and He's holy and justice. Justice is a part of goodness. So someone or something needs to pay a penalty or needs to satisfy justice. In the Old Testament, it was sheep. More specifically, it was a lamb, an unblemished lamb. A Bethlehem lamb. 
Bethlehem lambs, they weren't born to show. And Bethlehem lambs, they weren't born to produce wool. Bethlehem lambs, they were born for one reason. To be sacrificed. To be sacrificed for the sins of the people. There is a deeper layer to this story of Christmas. How did the shepherds know where to find Jesus? How did they know that he was the one? Well, the angel gave them three signs. Swaddling claws, a manger, and a Bethlehem lamb. Each one of these three signs of Christmas has an individual meaning. They also all have something in common. Do you know what? I'll show you. Newborn lambs, they have a propensity to do this. I mean... When they're born, they're afraid. So they kind of freak out and they thrash and they flail. Remember, temple sheep were required to be unblemished, which meant no wounds, no marks, no injuries. And so Bethlehem shepherds did something very unique. When a lamb was born in Bethlehem in the first century, the Bethlehem shepherds, well, they would... They would do this. They would wrap the limbs. They would bind the limbs of that sheep to protect it. Moments after being born, a lamb in Bethlehem was wrapped in swaddling cloths. Hmm. You know what happened next? The shepherd would take this lamb, newborn lamb that had been swaddled and wrapped in cloths and would place it in a manger till it calmed down. Then a shepherd would come to examine this newborn lamb that had been wrapped or swaddled in cloths that was lying in a manger to assess if it was unblemished and qualified to one day die for the sins of the people. Whoa. Does that sound a little bit familiar? That, that's what you call a sign. That, that's Christmas. The starting point of the spiritual life 
It isn't what a lot of people think it is. The starting point of the spiritual life, it isn't trying really, really, really hard to be good enough. The starting point of the spiritual life is recognizing I'm not good enough. I still struggle with things that are bad. The darkness, it isn't just out there. It's also right in here. I don't just need some good advice. I don't just need some inspiration. I need to be rescued. I need to be saved. Let's look at that story of Christmas one more time. And this time, maybe you'll see it just a little bit differently. I'll start. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Join me. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Join me. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You've heard that. Do you fully understand that now? Christmas It isn't a a package or a present or a tradition or a gathering. Christmas, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to believe that Jesus of Nazareth is God who was born in Bethlehem for us. God, he hasn't left you. And God, He hasn't abandoned you. And God, He hasn't given up on you. God, He wants to rescue you from the pain and the guilt and the shame of the past. And He wants to rescue you from the worry and the anxiety and the loneliness and the emptiness of the present. He wants to give you hope and peace and joy. You are invited to accept the Christmas gift of God. You are invited to say yes to Christmas. Thanks for joining us today and listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship here at The Ridge. If you would like to dig a little deeper into what we've been talking about today, uh, be sure to check out Beyond the Sermon. This is a weekly devotional that goes out after second service on Sunday. There you'll find the scripture that we've been looking at some questions for you to to dive into. But then there's also a discussion uh, that I have with whoever is teaching that Sunday, and we just dive deeper into different themes and topics from the sermon. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to share it with your friends, and also jump on our website, ridgelife.org, to get more connected here at the Ridge.